Thanks for listening to the Life Church Weekly Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Mark Borg. For any other messages or other resources, please visit us at lcboise.com. Thank you, Lord. God is good. Thank you, Lord. If you're new with us to Wednesday night services, we're glad you're here. And we believe God will do great things in your life and uh, is already at work. Amen. These services are different than, you know, what some Christians are used to. Uh, that's because the devil has been working night and day for thousands, a couple thousand years to tell people that uh, uh, these kind of things aren't supposed to happen anymore. That God doesn't speak and that God doesn't move and healings don't happen and miracles and things of that nature. Uh, but I, I didn't believe that. I, and I don't believe that. And, and because we don't believe it, it seems like God's the same as he was back then. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> the same. And uh, he still works and does great things in our services now. And he answers prayer consistently. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Now, let me say this, uh, and this is, this is what came up in my heart. It, it was had, has to do with separation, separation. Uh, you know, I mentioned earlier uh, that passage in just quoting it loosely from uh, Acts chapter 4. Uh, what they did when they ran into trouble is they came together, all right? But who'd they come together with? Remember, their own comp- company different translations, companions, but they, they got to their own people, all right, to the other believers. Uh, they got in trouble, what, they get together, all right. In other words, it's very important that we know who to get together with, all right. The right company can make, or the wrong company, can make or break you, yeah. You get in the wrong place, you get amongst the wrong crowd, the wrong company, and it can be very difficult very difficult to get any help from God. Are you listening? I don't mean he stopped loving anybody. I don't mean he's he I don't mean he's the one denying. I'm saying on our side of the equation, it can be very difficult if you're with the wrong people. Are you listening? Okay. And, and I know, I'm, I know I'm, I'm speaking to situ- people and you can get victory in here, but if you go back and surround yourself with the wrong crowd the wrong company, you'll lose it. You'll lose it. We've got to know who to be around and who not to be around. Huh? And I'm not talking about, you know, uh, not walking in love towards people. I'm not talking about condemning others and judging others. I'm just talking about using our brain, using our spiritual brain, you know, our spiritual knowledge and, and discernment to know when we should be around and when it's important to be around the right people because what's in them is in us and it gets strengthened as we're together. Sometimes we need that more than others, right? One of the times is un- when, when there's opposition or when there's attack, when there's something that's trying to come against our lives. That's when it's even more important. I've got to get around the right people. I've got to know where to go. 
Hmm? And we should also recognize now's not a good time to talk to so-and-so. Because at the end of that conversation, I'm going to have half the strength that I have right now. They're not going to help my faith. They're going to hinder my faith. My faith is going to get weaker if I listen to them talk. Amen. And so, again, don't feel like, uh, don't feel like well, I can't do that. To so- it's not about rejecting people. It's, it's, it's just about using spiritual wisdom and saying, you know, I'm gonna, this is not a good time for this. Hmm. Just like in, 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 the, in the natural world, you know, if someone has come out of a life of, of alcoholism, for example, and, or maybe they're still, you know, struggling with uh, that temptation, they probably shouldn't hang around all their drinking buddies. If they're trying to get free, you know, they shouldn't hang around the bar, probably shouldn't go over to their friend's house for, you know, the football game when they know the alcohol is going to be flowing or something. Why? Well, that's just not smart. You're setting yourself up for failure. There needs to, this is where we have the knowledge of when separation is a good thing. Okay? Just not going to go there right now. Not going to do that. But the separation from one and then also the opposite that of that, then the connection to the right people. Connection to others. This would be a good crowd. Huh? But you should know in your life, you know, that's why we have life groups. That's why we have these, these, these this systems set up to where people can know, I can go to this person. I can go to these individuals. And, and I know that getting around them is going to help me, not hurt me. They're going to speak a word that lifts me, not one that tears me down. They're going to tell me, you know what? You can make it. You know what? You can do it. Everything. You know what? Do you need that ever in your life? I, I, I appreciate that. You know, uh, you know, I get, well, today even, uh, one pastor called me telling tell me, you know, about all the people that are leaving his church. And I could tell he's not real happy right now. You know, he just had some different situations where things didn't go well. And, and I could tell, uh, I know why this call came. <laughs> not so I can say, what are you doing wrong? <laughs> but rather say, you know what? God's going to replace them, and this situation's going to turn around. And, and I, you know, and I talked, I said, I've seen situations, I've experienced situations where one thing goes wrong, but then the Lord multiplies it later, and it gets better than it ever was. You know, but you, you, need, to know who, you need to know who to call. Who are you going to call? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> uh, but you need to know where to go and, and, and who to call upon. Amen. Uh, there are a lot of answers in the world that are just not good answers. They're not helpful. They're not, you know, but we, we know ultimately, of course, we call upon the name of the Lord. But again, um, do you need to separate from someone? And don't, don't, by the way, don't anybody take this and say, I heard from God, the pastor said I should divorce you because uh, <laughs> you're tearing me down. You're not helping. Me. That's not what I am saying here, okay? I'm not, I'm not encouraging that, and I'm not, uh, no, I'm just, uh, I'm just saying there are situations. Sometimes there are circumstances we should remove from, and, and, it, and we should not feel bad about it, but we should know that that's, that would be how the Lord would lead us in, at times. Amen? Amen? Amen. We help each other. We make each other be- better. <laughs> huh? 
don't we? If you're, if you're feeling kind of low, you get around where you're, you know, you get around a group where group average and you, you know, you go up. <laughs> you're better just be by being in the group. Praise God. Amen. Well, let me, let me pray one more time for you then, uh, and then uh, we might look at a verse. Father, thank you for work, what working in our hearts tonight. By your spirit, lead us and guide us to say and do what's right. We listen to your voice. This is what we choose. Thank you, Lord, that we may walk with you, that we may enjoy your best. We give you all the glory, all the praise in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. You know, the Lord is constantly at work uh, in our lives and towards us. Basically, I mean, you could, you could see it like this. It's, it is to help us to receive from Him. His perfect will and His best for our lives is we often don't, don't get there. His highest and His best. So He's continually working in us through others, through fivefold ministry gifts, through the body, through the written word, to move us to a place where we understand things the way they really are. We come into heavenly reality instead of fallen earth reality. Yeah, Jesus taught consistently about the kingdom of God. He said, now what, listen, let me tell you guys, the kingdom of heaven's like this. Why? Because they didn't know. All they knew was the kingdom of this world. All they knew was how things work down here in this broken world. So we'd say, listen, this is how it works in the kingdom of heaven. Try to renew their minds, say, this, don't, this is how it works, it works like this, so we can adjust, and so we're, all, we're, we're working on the same team, we're on the same page with God, and what He wants to do is no longer hindered by our wrong mentality. You know, in other words, if He says the kingdom of God works like this, and we're doing it a different way, we're not in cooperation. God's best can't flow that way, so he needs us to adjust. I, I continually want to look for ways, um, you know, that I just might be doing it wrong. I, I want to do things in a way that's right, do things in a way that, that produces, yeah, in, in all of life, in a service like this. I mean, here, here's an almost unrelated example, when, when, uh, but it works in a service like this. Uh, when we worship God and, you know, when we sing and we finish a song, you'll find better results if you'll, after the song ends, if you'll use your voice and your hands up in the air as opposed to giving an applause like you're at a concert. You'll find a greater move of the Spirit in your life. You know, for example, there's only one Bible verse, one, that tells people to clap. One. And it's in the context of a song of music, just food for thought, <laughs> but using your voice is all through Scripture. Hmm? So that's how we praise Him, and you'll find that will work better than something else. Amen. And there are other things that we do at times that are, that are off a little bit, and so the Lord helps us to get there. You have a Bible, look with me at James chapter 4. If you find Hebrews, 
then you're thinking about coffee. <laughs> but if you keep going, you'll run into James. In, in, in James. Now let me, before we read that chapter, I didn't tell you which one that is, I realized as I was speaking. Uh, let me find another verse over here in James chapter something. Um, oh, verse 19, James 1, 19. See, all of this is helping people. A lot of these scriptures, they just help people to get it. They help people to flow with the Lord and not do things that are contrary to God and they hinder him. It says, so then my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. Why? For the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. You see that? If you want what's right, if you want God's ways, if you want God's thinking, if you want God's blessing, if you want His favor manifest in your life, that all is in the context of the righteousness of God. Understand that the wrath of man does not produce that. All right. You ever find yourself just quickly getting angry? I'm not talking about righteous indignation. I'm talking about fleshly anger. It's rooted in selfishness, rooted in my way, rooted in that. Find yourself getting angry. Know that it's not going to turn out right. Huh? A lot of people demonstrating a lot of wrath these days. And it's so far from God. It's so far from the Spirit of God. It's not working the righteousness of God. It's working human wrath. And it's not going to produce good things. Amen. Why do I say this? Because I believe it's right to say this right here, right now, because it's some individuals dealing with this. This will hinder and not help. If you find yourself uh, thinking, you know, I, I, this situation is wrong in my family or with my spouse or with my work. This situation is wrong and, and, uh, and you allow yourself to move over into this fleshly wrath, this human wrath. It's not going to uh, improve it. It's going to work. It's going to get, you're not inviting the righteousness of God into that situation. You're hindering it. Yeah? So why are we saying this? So we stop hindering God. Because what he wants for you is peace and harmony and, 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 and success and, and life. He doesn't want the other. So we've got to avoid a, uh, acting in such a way that would, that would hinder that. Hinder God's best. Yeah? So some of us, we come in here and we get answers and we get help and we get filled with joy and filled with the Spirit of God and oh, hallelujah, and then go back and act the same way that produced that, that, that absence to begin with. Yeah? You can get full of the Spirit, but if we go on and then allow ourselves to start yielding tomorrow to wrath again and let the slightest thing tick us off, and we're always upset, and we're upset at everyone on the road, and we're upset at things that didn't go right in the family, and the kids didn't do this, and this didn't happen, and what about this, and oh, your wrath is not working the righteousness of God. Amen. So well, I wouldn't call it wrath. Well, I would, but... <laughs> I just call it frustration. Or, well, that's not faith either. Right. Right. Faith is not frustrated. Right. 
huh? Faith is full of joy and peace. So why am I saying that? Resist it. When you feel that, oh, I need to, oh, I'm just so, oh, I'm just, I just get so, oh. I know. But catch yourself now. Because God's not going to intervene in that situation. I don't mean he doesn't want to. He can't. Your wrath is not working his righteousness. Uh, it's working just the opposite. So don't give in to it. Catch yourself. And breathe. Say, thank you, Lord. Your joy is my strength. Holy Spirit, you're in me. Your, your fruit, the fruit of the, the Spirit, of, the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and patience and kindness. That's what I have. You know how some people say, I'm not a very patient person. That's one of the dumbest things you, should, you can say. <laughs> if you're a Christian, you absolutely are a patient person. You just might not be yielding to it. It's in there. It's a part of your nature. You can, you can put up with stuff and stay calm and stay consistent and stay steady. Well, I'm not steady. Yes, you are. Your flesh wants, wants to rule you, though. Hallelujah. So you catch yourself and you remind yourself of who you are in Christ and the fruit of the Spirit that's at work and alive in you and you're constant and you're steady and it's at work. You've got it. He's helping you. Amen. Amen. And acknowledge Him in that. So you just say, Lord, you're helping me. Thank you, Lord. You're helping me. Well, this is better than some of you realize. <laughs> the wrath of God does not work God's righteousness. The wrath of man. The wrath of man does not work God's righteousness. So resist it. Say it out loud with me. Say, I will, I will resist, resist wrath. wrath. I, will I will give place, give place to righteousness. And see, when righteousness is at work, things go right for you. Things that are wrong, and there are a lot of things that are wrong. There's an opportunity to be upset and be angry, but we want to give place to righteousness. It makes things right, just. James 4, James chapter 4. This is where we started to go. Amen. Don't you love being in the presence of God? I just like this. I like this. Things are happening all over the place. Huh. His word works. So again, I started to say, we, the Lord is constantly helping, trying to help people to get something from Him, to receive of Him, to enjoy His best, His blessing, His favor, His kindness, His goodness. He's working in us to that end. And if we are thinking or living or doing something in such a way that, that hinders that, then that's why sometimes words of correction need to be given. James had to deal with that in his church. Because, I mean, it's not like in the, in the church of James. Uh, well, J James was a pastor of the church of Jerusalem, church in Jerusalem. It's not like we would think, man, they just didn't have some, any very good teaching there. Well, they had the best of the best. I mean, they had some pretty outstanding ministers and teachers, and so it wasn't like they didn't have the Word, but according to him, they weren't doers of the Word. How many know you can have the best ministry around, the best preaching, the best teaching, the gifts of the Spirit, you can have all this stuff, but if you're not doer of the Word, those, those great words aren't going to profit. That was one of the things he told them in this book, right? 
but in chapter 4, he said, where do wars and fights come from among you? Well, what are they doing among them anyway? Wars and fights. But they were. He said, do they not come from your desires for pleasure, that war in your members? War in, desires for what? For, for pleasure. He, he went on to say, you lust and do not have you murder and covet and cannot obtain you fight and war yet you do not have because you do not what now let me just stop for a moment is is the the lord by james through james in inspiring this writing is he trying to keep things away from people or get things to them you see, when you read the whole context, God is never saying, you guys have too much stuff and I just don't want you to have it. No, he's talking to them about you want to have some things, but you're going about it wrong. He said, I want you to have it. I want to bless you. I want to be at, at work in your life continually, but you're doing everything all wrong and I can't get in. And I can't, can't do what I want to do. So he says, this is what's going on. You guys are yielding to these members. You fight. You don't have because you don't ask. So you can fight with each other for stuff. That's what they're doing. They're all at each other's throats. They're all wrestling for position and place and things and, and trying, to, trying to hold on to stuff. You can see that's the flesh all day long. People are, you guys are believers? You guys are Christians and that's how you act? Just fighting for your stuff and fighting for your rights with one another. And he said, give me a break. He said, you guys, it's, it's, having the stuff is not an issue. Just ask. Well, then he went on to say, you ask and do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. Okay. And so we can see, uh, can you see, first of all, that it's possible to ask wrong. Someone said, oh, I, don't just get, I don't get it. I prayed and nothing happened. Well, can you see it's possible to pray incorrectly? I prayed nothing happened. So, so what? <laughs> I think it's time to go back to the drawing board and analyze our approach. Uh, analyze how we prayed. And this is given one example, but, uh, but, but, but you can pray wrong. I asked God to help me and he didn't. Baloney, I don't believe it. That's not who I serve. That's not the God I know. So something's wrong on the asking end. I know that's not, encur I say, well, that's not encouraging. I know, but it's still helpful. If it's on God's end, we're stuck. <laughs> if you believe, man, I don't have in my life, or I struggle constantly, or I deal with all this stuff because God won't, won't help me, it stinks to be you. Because if God, who's going to change his mind? I heard a very famous person on TV one time, Christian musician, and they were talking about their, some type of struggle they had with some kind of addiction. And, uh, and they said, well, I asked, I asked God to set me free, and, you know, he hasn't. See, see that's, a wrong, that's a wrong way to see that. In other words, that's walking by sight, not by faith. In other words, the person said, well, I put the request out there, and then I checked to see if I was any different. See, that's not how we do that. How do we do that? We checked the Word to see if we're different. Oh, look at there. Huh. 
healed. <laughs> well, that's good news. You see that? I'm healed. You are? Yeah, right there. And if you wake up in the morning and you have a different thought, go check it again. Check the report. See if it's, get an update. I'm going to go check my chart over here. <laughs> Look at that. Still healed. Yeah. You know, and someone else tries to tell you differently and said, ooh, that doesn't look good. Wait, hold on. Doesn't look good. No, I see it right here. No, it's good. It's fine. Everything's fine. What's the end, end result of the person who lives by the word and not by their feeling? The end result is their feeling will line up with the word. Uh, and so we all have a choice in how we, how we deal with this constantly. And so uh, anyway, he says you ask, and you do not receive because you ask amiss. You ask wrong. There's a problem here. He's in the, specifically, he said, it's that you may spend it on your pleasures. Now, sometimes people, that, that can bother people because they think, oh, yeah, you know, I just, I got that, those, that new jacket, and I really like it, and maybe I like it too much or something, and, and, and that's why the Lord's not answering my prayers, because, you know, or I got this, that car, or I got that new house, and, and I just really like it, and, and maybe that's wrong for me to feel that way. That is not what that's talking about. It is absolutely not what that you can read many other scriptures that tell one in particular that tells us he gives us uh, richly or freely all things to enjoy. The reality is God's will is that we enjoy natural stuff. Do you think, I mean, I know our, everything pales in comparison to our relationship with God, no doubt. And if we don't see that, we need a revelation of him. But do you think in heaven... It's just going to be a barren desert, but at least we get to be with him. No, the, the extravagance of God's nature and his love and his magnificence is going to be manifest in everything around us. We are very much going to be impressed with the buildings and the architecture and the, and the trees and the gold, you know, pavement. And, uh, you know, that's all. And, and in this life, for us to enjoy natural stuff is not wrong it's right okay that's not what he's telling them here well I can't pray for something that's natural that's just a material thing because that would be praying according to my pleasure actually the Greek word there for pleasure and lust you see in this passage it's it's where we get the word uh, what's the word hedon h-h-e-d-o-n like uh Basically, it has to do with sensual uh, pleasures, worldly, fleshly uh, desires, lustful things. It does not have to do with uh, someone just enjoying natural things. Does that make sense? Well, when he says you ask and receive, now that you may spend it on your pleasures, talking about sinful pleasures. And there's no doubt that, yes, any natural thing could take a wrong place. You could take a nice... Uh, vehicle and begin to follow it around with a cloth every two seconds, you know, and to where you idolize it and worship it. And it, it be, yes, anything could become out of place. Uh, but what he's talking about here is being fleshly and being worldly and being sinful. And if your requests are and your desire to have things is not fleshy and sinful, then have at it. 
Amen. And so, and so you can see the context here of their heart. He goes on to say in verse 4, adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world, that's what he's talking about, friendship with the world is enmity with God whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God or do you or do you think that the scripture says in vain the spirit who dwells in us yearns jealously and so uh, uh, this would be our focus again we want to approach things in a correct manner uh, you know, over in the book of Proverbs, there's a, there's a verse over there that basically says uh, that the person who lives for pleasure is going to end up poor. But you can see this verse, these verses here are not intended, they're not teaching someone to end up in the poorhouse. Just the opposite, he's saying, you're trying to get, but you're going about it the wrong way. He said, I want you to go about it the right way so you end up obtaining things from God. And this is why we, one of the reasons we gather for teaching, for exhortation and instruction is so we start thinking like he thinks. And our mind is, is on the same page as him. So whatever he has, we're able to access it. We're able to enjoy it. We're able to experience God's best in this life. Amen. And so let us never, let us never uh, think and let us, let us not be of the mindset, well, God is keeping things from me. No, God is for you and not against you. He, he is with us and he, he is endeavoring to help us. Present tense, right now, endeavoring to help us to walk in his fullness to walk in the full provision, to walk in the full manifestation of healing and victory and, and, and so forth. Amen. Amen. And so if we find ourselves getting in the way of that through, you know, the wrath of man, through fighting with people, uh, then that's where we recognize, oh, you know what? I'm not cooperating with the Spirit here with the Spirit of God. I'm not working with Him. I'm working against Him. He's trying to help me, but I'm getting in the flesh. I'm, I'm, I'm operating like the, the church at Jerusalem was. And so I'm going to back up, say, thank you, Lord, slow to speak, quick to hear, slow to wrath, and I want God's rightness to work in me. I want his right ways to be operative in my life. I want to be able to ask and quickly receive of him. Right? Because I'm not living in the flesh and in the world. I'm not pressuring people. See, whenever we start putting all the pressure on people to do things for us. With spouses and people at work. and We're always pressuring. You've got to do this for me. That's when our focus is wrong. Huh? Let's get in faith and put a draw on our good, good Father to provide, to turn situations, to work in others' hearts. Put your attention and draw on Him. And that's when we uh, are doing things the right way. We hope you enjoyed this message. Find our other messages on iTunes or visit our website at lcboise.com and follow us on social media, Life Church Boise. Thank you and have a blessed day.